This is the Open to Alchemy podcast, and I'm your host, Lauren Ivey. I'm so excited to have you here joining these conscious conversations about the transformation that's possible for all of us. My approach to spirituality has always been part woo and part work. So in this podcast, we talk about all the incredible spiritual modalities and add in a bunch of practical things that really make it fit into our lives. I can't wait for you to join me. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Open to Alchemy podcast. I am here with Jessica Briggs, who is the creator of jessicabriggs.me. She is an intuitive healer and reader and nature enthusiast, and I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm excited to chat and connect with your listeners and see what comes up. I know we already, as always, we started chatting and it was so interesting because we were talking about human design and the fact that you are a mental projector and I have my, my head and my Ajna open and wondering if that was um, going to be an interesting place of connection. But yeah, there's so many beautiful things that you offer. And so I would just love to dive in and hear about what, what life is like for you in terms of First of all, you live in Mount Shasta, right? Which I've never been to. And it's one of those things that always happens where something comes into your consciousness and then you hear about it 400 times. So please tell me, (laughs) tell me all about living there because now I hear about it every week. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So it's very, very beautiful. And part of me is wondering if the mountain is calling more and more people to experience what it's like here because I've I've been hearing that a lot more that it keeps coming up for certain people and so what is it like living here um for me like any other like strong energy it's going to I would say almost color um the life experience here so what I've noticed is that people tend to be drawn to this mountain if they're not born here to really heal a lot of the, the masculine energy. And this is a hundred percent my opinion. So just, you know, take it for what it is and you don't have to believe it. And your listeners always run it like what's true for you. If, if you're being called here to check in why for me, I know that I came here for the first time on a backpacking trip, like the day after my dad's funeral the plane landed and I got all my backpacking stuff because I had a pre-existing backpacking trip planned um, separate from the spiritual side of it here, you know, just just because I'd been in this mountain range before. And I met my now landlady and we stayed in touch and she texted me when there there was a rental open. She said, would you want to move here? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. That feels really right. Because the other thing that happened, and this feels relevant to share, is that, so my my dad had passed, and then I was in somewhat of a caretaking role for a family member who was at end of life, and so she got accepted into hospice care, because I was like part of the patchover crew while we were waiting for that space to open up. So then all of a sudden, all my family reasons for being there were over. And then um, maybe I'll just keep going a little bit because I, I feel compelled to share too that. So I, I moved here in October and then I got this ping like, like host a retreat here, host a retreat here. And I was like, 
um, no, 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 I don't like to be seen, you know, <laughs> but it ended up, it ended up because I'm so committed to listening to my heart and listening and following guidance. So I ended up doing it. And, and I really, I really had the feeling afterwards, like I am the woman I came to this planet to be like, I really truly am like I'm in exactly the place where my inner child loves, which is out in the woods and nature. I'm doing exactly what I've always been called to do, which is some form of education and facilitating, you know, whether it's one-on-one -on -one experiences or groups. Yeah, so that that's a little bit about how I ended up here and, and what it's meant for me here is, yeah, just low-key healing a lot of masculine stuff around boundaries and worth and pricing and all, you know, all of all of that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm just so in awe and really sitting in such gratitude right now for you to share and, and really experience as a, you know, human being at this moment, um, the, the deep resonance that you feel like being in alignment. I just think that even if it's something that we aspire to and feel in, even if it's in many moments, to see it and for you to recognize that and really feel that for such a big or complete total part of your life is just really, thank you. Because it just, again, every time somebody lives in an authentic place, it just helps other people around them step into it and identify what that feeling is, whether it be something that they're striving for or a place of contrast where they realize that they're not. So just by, just by you living in that you were inspiring others. So, wow. I'm like well, a little bit blown away. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing to like have the life that is for me, you know, yeah. and we feel like one thing about it is it's so much simpler and easier and sometimes it's made out to be. So I have a lot of like beloved community that's in into manifestation and stuff. And there's something in me that's like, you know, I don't think you have to manifest as hard when you're honestly just being yourself. Right. When you're really, truly, truly getting into that space of like, like what makes me feel nourished is this much alone time in this environment and this, and like just saying yes to the things that fill you up so that you can thrive. Then you don't need to manifest like more income or, or I don't know what else, like material things that are really, if you look really, really deeply and you have to have a very subtle and nuanced practice, and I think in order to do this, but if you look really deeply at like, why are you manifesting what you're manifesting? Sometimes it's because um, you're living an unfulfilling life, right? I totally agree. And I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I feel like so much of the language of manifesting, at least what I see represented is, is often coming from a place of lack. And so that you're, you know, you want to get this thing that you don't have versus just stepping into the things that feel good. I completely agree with you. It's like this energy of, I want, I want, I want versus I just create because I'm going to take care of myself in a way that feels good for me. Right. Yeah. And it's, you know, for so many people probably listening to this, there is this like genuine, authentic light within them, a healing light within them. And sometimes it's so scary 
to be seen for it, which I just shared, you know, I'm so in that boat where I've been really scared to be seen. But I will say that when you really let that be your basis, then then the life that is is for you will be there. Like the living situation will be there, you know? Mm. And that reminds me too, Lauren, because you asked about what it's like to live here. And one experience I've had a lot since I moved here is people who've been here longer than me. There's a, there's a lot, a tone of like bitterness almost, or like not, not feeling very positive about the increase in tourists and people coming to the area. And the whole thing, I talk about this with my partner a lot. The whole thing is so fascinating to me, the whole experience of it. Cause you know, I personally believe that the climate is changing for man-made reasons. And that, that indicates that there is going to be a lot of movement. And so how, how are we going to respond to this like movement of people? And also as our economy is more online and more energy centric, right? To use a term that we learned from Jamie Butler on the Center for Love and Light. But then you get people that can live in environments that are really, really more suited for them. And so how, how are we all going to handle it? How are the people that are moving to new areas going to be amazing community members and be in integrity and like give more than they take from the land there, you know, and be good stewards of the land? And how can people that live in these areas be, be a little open and receptive to change, having boundaries and being protective where they need mm -hmm. to be, but also, you know, saying like, what can we co-create in this space together of change and of, of physical movement? Right, right, because nothing stays the same. We, we're evolving and changing every day. And I think the other thing about people that are looking to move or looking to relocation as, as an answer or a, a prayer wherever you go, you know, that expression, wherever you go, there you are. So yes, I 100% think that the space you're in can have a magical change in your awareness and your perspective and, and really the trajectory of your soul's evolution. But without that internal work and awareness, you're going to just keep coming up against the same things, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say too, you know, it can even be amplified, especially if you're coming at it from somewhat of a materialistic place, like I'm going to move to a spiritual area and be so spiritual. And that's materialistic if, if you think that being spiritual is being good or better than being not spiritual, right? Like if you're like, oh, I'm going to be spiritual and speak the language and, and do all the activities, that is not really what being a human being is necessarily about, in my opinion, because mm -hmm. being a human being is so much more about being a human first and paying attention to your emotions and what's coming up inside of you and tending to your anger and tending to your rage and tending to your inner light and like living an authentic life rather than living a life that is like a spiritual Instagram worthy. Right. Does right. A hundred percent. Right. <laughs> and and it's, it's so true. And, you know, not knowing really what's going on with anybody else. So just to have that be a mirror for what energy are you bringing to the different experiences that you have? What energy 
are you bringing to the changes that you want to make? What is the genesis for that? Is it really because you are looking to fill a void, feel whole, be quote unquote well in a certain way? Or is it because you do feel that deep calling and know like you did intuitively that there was a medicine there for you that was potentially like no other. Yeah. Yeah. When I came back from that backpacking trip, my friend and I did, we did a hundred miles in four days and I was not in shape, but we just had such a good time. And I came back and as I was driving back, I could feel the exact moment when my soul agreement to be where I was previously living ended. I could feel it. It was like, you're done there and you're going to move to this town. And I went back and I told my friends, I'm going to move there. And they're like, Oh, do you find a place? And I was like, no, I can I just, <laughs> I feel it. I just feel it. So, um, so strongly. So yeah. what does that feel like to you? And I know, it probably is more amplified for you because you have this environmental authority in human design. So I'd love for you to share what that's like, both for people that have the same authority or just for others who are very open and very sensitive and in tune with what it feels like to be in connection with their environment. Yeah, so... Very generally speaking, I do feel like different, I th- well, first to begin with, I feel like we chose where we were born. And I think if you look at where were you born and what was the culture and the time period, you know, like the 80s or 90s or 60s or whatever period you chose to be born in, there's a lot of information there about your soul. Like, why did you choose that experience? Not so much from a victim mentality, but just like, Like, why did I choose that? Like, what were the lessons and the gifts and and what did I get to experience because I chose this time and place? So that's, I think that the culture and the time period and the land that you're on is very influential to what is available to you, what opportunities you have or you don't have, you know, and maybe Mm. what are you there to contribute? So I think for me, I grew up with a strong awareness of like inequality in the world. And that made me very present and very aware that we are not here to ignore the suffering of others, right? Mm. We're we're here to like, eyes open, (laughs) eyes open and and to take action that that honors our brothers and sisters, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's just a general view that I have about location. And then for me, I feel for me, like when something is almost like haunting me it feels like a calling like when I'm trying not to think about it but I'm thinking about it (laughs) for example you know before I moved to a beach area where I lived for eight years I would think about the beach all the time and how oh my gosh those people who like so confident walking around in their bathing suits and they get the sun like I felt like I I would love to have that experience because that's not where I was and, and it, I would think about it. And then before I had a more rural lifestyle, I would think about it all the time. And so those were indicators. And then that exact moment just felt like, I just felt like peace. It, it felt like, like that knowing, like, you know, deeply that, that the earth is beneath your feet. And I knew mm. deeply that 
I was called to a different place now. It sounds like it's like a multiple ways. It's like something builds and reinforces, reaffirms over time. And then also at a point where it's like that deepest level that knowing drops in for extra certainty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's, this is like the timing for it. Right. And also too, like with timing, I think it's very interesting because sometimes you can do your part as a human being to help create the life situation you want. And then there's maybe a piece of just divine timing and mystery mm-hmm. in my perspective, you know, do about when and why, and we don't get to know all the answers, you know? Right. Well, and I think that's the thing with manifestation too. You're setting your intention for what it is that you think you want to experience or feel or have, and then putting that energy out there with the faith that it, you will meet it at the right time, place, space, opportunity, et cetera, so that it will unfold for your best and highest, Mm -hmm. which is a very interesting place, a a very interesting dance of wanting something and then surrendering to it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also being available to the gifts in front of you right now. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Like not, not fighting it so hard. Mm-hmm. I love what you said about it just being simple. I think that is such a strong condition that so many of us have to continually remind ourselves because many of us have been raised, have subscribed to, been taught that it can't be easy, that it must be hard, that it must be a struggle that it must be something that we work really hard for, fight for. And it sounds to me like what you're saying is your experience has been very contrary to that, that the ease of it is what feels, Mm. um, has helped you know that it's the most in alignment. Yeah, and I would say too, you know, talking about human design, I'm, you know, I'm a projector, so, one way that moving through the world as a mental projector with no energy centers defined is I can look outside of myself and see a lot of people doing so much during a day and feel like, oh, I should be doing that. And that's something that honestly, until very recently, um, I, I was working with that, that doubt, like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing more during the day, especially because for me personally, with my health, you know, my health for, I think this is also for a lot of people too. Your health is, can be something that actually brings you to that place of rest and of slowing yeah. down mm-hmm. in a way that maybe I missed every other opportunity to take because I thought I was supposed to be doing more. So maybe what I really want to say about that is that calibrating my own physical body to ease into kindness and gentleness and rest has been a layered journey. Mm-hmm. But I truly know something is for me because I personally just energetically will feel completely blocked from things that aren't for me. Like I thought I was gonna at one point go back to you know a high paying job because I had 
I had one and then I took it off to go backpacking. I took over a year off and did my whole, mm-hmm. my whole bucket list. And I was like, well, I'll just go back and save a bunch of money. And I was so blocked from that energetically. And, and it was like, the only thing I could do was go back to working with kids and go back to offering readings and healings again. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so beautiful that you shared about the projector and, and also for other energy types. And, you know, even as a manifesting generator and for generators listening, that comparison of looking around and seeing other people be busy and, and associating busy and productivity with success and happiness is such an old way of thinking. And I completely agree. It's, it's unraveling from that is a layered experience. And it does take really, for me, daily check-ins to say, you know, especially with the manifesting generator energy, because it feels so good to be busy and to be lit up and have all the balls in the air and all the plates spinning is, is this something that truly feels good to me? Am I doing this out of a need and quotes to be doing something versus only saying yes to the things that really feel in the highest alignment for myself. So thank you for sharing that as just a general message. And yeah, just continuing to have it be your own journey. And that's one of the things I love so much about human design is that it is so unique and so individual and so differentiated that there is no more looking around the room. It's only what feels good to you. But we live in such a, a, a mirror world where all we do is see other people and everything that they're doing as a reflection of our own value that it does take just daily practice until you can make a, a big enough shift that it's like, okay, I see that happening. I can just let that go. Yeah. And I mean, this is my sense, but I feel like as a group, as a collective, we're kind of ready to be done with that judgment, right? Like, yes. like, oh, that person eats that way. So I should be eating that way. Or that person spends that much time outdoors. I should be spending that much time outdoors and I'll be happy like them. Like all those things about judgment, I think we're ready to let go of. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also think that that's one of the reasons why so many of us are being called to, mm, I don't know, awakens always feels like a strange word to me to step up, to embody, to empower ourselves and others, because it might feel very, very normal and second nature to us to not do that. But I have to continue to remind myself that maybe that's just my experience. And that I do think that for a lot of people that is still a place that they're working through and I'm still working through it too. I'm not saying that it's like, I've checked that box and I'm, and I'm done with that, but you know, every time we can just be ourselves, it just gives people another opportunity to say, oh, that's somebody that's doing something different. Maybe that's not how I would do it. Or maybe I never considered doing it that way, but I want to do it, whatever it is, as long as it feels authentic to the person. Yeah, absolutely. And 
I feel like this analogy has been used before, but you know, in the wild, every flower blooms in its own way, in its own size, in its own time, and and they're all magnificent. And I feel like when we're talking about awakening, which I agree is a strange word because it almost indicates that it's better than being not awake or something. There's a little bit of a hierarchy. I, I hear. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, like I'm awake. You're, or does that mean you're not awake? Does that mean you're asleep? I don't know. Yeah. What is it? Yeah. And, it, and it's, you know, no one's ever that far off their path in, and going back to that question about what, what's it like to live here? I did an Instagram live on this recently, but it's like, you know, everyone wants to think that the community that they're in or the lifestyle they chose is, is the most forward thinking or the most progressive. And, and so if you're in a, in a more populated area and people are being very collaborative, that's been my experience in a more populated area, very collaborative, very artistic, very willing to come together and, and build new things. There's that quality of like, yeah, we're moving things forward. And here in a spiritual community, it's like, you know, we sit and we calm our, our bodies and we stretch and, and we're moving things forward in that way. And I, I believe there's both truth and maybe a little bit of, of self-delusion in both personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. So what is your practice in order to stay in tune with your own energy and and really show up to do the work um that you feel like you're meant to be doing yeah so for me in the mornings I I take a little bit of time for myself to check in and I have a a prayer that I wrote a while ago that I say and that helps me you know connect with spirit connect with myself connect with the earth And then for me too, I do try to make time every day later in the day, like 10 minutes or or 30 minutes to just be open to just be very open to spirit and letting that be like spirit, meaning like plants, spirit, meaning mother earth, spirit, meaning, you know, beings of light that I, I don't even know. And just being in that state of presence and receptivity. And then in terms of authenticity, you know, I, I took a vow a long time ago in the Buddhist tradition, and part of the vow that I took was to work with my own mind as my mind as a primary method for being of benefit in this world. And having working with myself is my primary practice. And so ever since I took that vow, it's been very hard for me to ignore my own voice in my own shadow and and the ancestral patterns and and all of that. So for me, those, the, my inner world is very, very loud. The volume is very loud for me. Mm, That resonates with me so much. Do you think that has to do with the karma of being self-focused versus being external focused? Yeah, it definitely could be. So are you, are you referencing that my profile is 2-4? So yeah, and I'm a 2-4 also. And it's so funny because so much of what comes in, I don't know if it's how I'm 
wired or how I'm conditioned, it's like it wants to get translated to go back out. It's like it wants to flow through me and then be, <clears throat> yeah, transmuted, integrated, but then with an output, with a desired external output. And I continue to say to myself, it is okay for something to be just for me, for the mm -hmm. information to come in for my own benefit, for my own knowledge, for my own growth. I don't have to look to give it to somebody else to feel like, again, I'm of value or that, yeah. you know, even, and I'm curious how you feel about this too, that, well, you're gifted this, you're gifted these gifts. Do they need to be used externally? No, they can just be used internally, but that is something again, to sort of de, de hook from. Yeah. Yeah. I actually find myself to be at least my inner world to be very private for me personally. And, and I think that with that vow to me, it would translate no matter if someone had a transpersonal or intrapersonal profile, because even if your primary way of learning is in relationship, right? So you're looking at those triggers and those emotions, but looking first to see like, what's, what is this about me? Like, why do I feel so charged mm -hmm. about this? And really being open to the fact that if you have a big charge about something, there's something for you to look at personally, you know, before, before having that conversation with somebody externally. So even mm -hmm. if you're a relationship learner, it's still a self first mm -hmm. practice, I feel, but um, as a, as an intuitive reader and healer, you know, I do see, I do see some examples of healers out there who share a lot about their personal growth and about the pings that they get. And, and there's a lot of transparency and that's perfect because it gives people a lot of permission to have those experiences as well. For me, it's like, I more have the approach when something is growing inside of me that I keep it like a seed and um, nourished and protected until it's really ready to be seen and to grow and to bloom. Yeah. Mm, I love how you describe that. And also just, again, it's another option. It's another offering and that how we're all different in the way that we relate to one another and want to, or don't want to share things. And so it's just, ah, it's just so, it's so pleasant. I don't know how else to describe it. It's just so, it's, it, it really, it just makes me feel so good to see you being you. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Is that like a weird compliment to give somebody, but it's like the best oh. compliment. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I mentioned earlier that I, before I held my first in-person retreat, I was so scared of being seen. Mm -hmm. And it's funny, you just mentioned it's so pleasurable to see you being <laughs> you, right? Like full circle. Because yeah. it's not really me, like the small me that's being seen. It's just, you know, the light that, you know, that the light that moves through me, that's like so much bigger than me and is not about me. Right, right. Yeah. It's like the little spark inside you that's just connecting with other little sparks yeah 
and it's how so it keeps coming into me lately. Yeah, yeah. It's so pleasurable to be alive and to be human from that place. Mm. It's very pleasurable. So good. I'm curious about your different offerings. What would you say is the foundation of your your healing offerings? All of my offerings, whether it's a one-on-one session or a meditation or a class or a per- in-person retreat or a backpacking trip, those are all my offerings right now. No matter what, it's about cultivating and crafting experiences so that you you have the personal feeling of something unlocking inside of you for yourself. So I love to give people new reference points if they're if they're open to it, right? Because it's everyone truly is has to be receptive. Mm-hmm. We can only go as deep as somebody wants to go. But right. if someone's really willing to go there, we can unlock that new reference point of what does it feel like to be be oneself? What does it feel like to give other people back responsibility for them and to take full ownership of responsibility for you? Um, what does it feel like to have a little bit more self-worth, to have self-worth? What does it feel like to know yourself? You know, all those things. So in a one-on-one session, that can show up as, as more of a conversation with some more ceremonial experiences when I'm called to do that. It could be like something, for example, like I, I'm feeling a lot of guilt in your system. Do you know where that comes from? And, and then doing it. Having a conversation can be enough to release it, or it could be, you know, literally doing it together, mm. doing the practice of releasing it together. In the meditations, it's, you know, very crafted, more general experiences. Like, how do you, how do you feel unconditional love or something like that? How do you balance out all your incarnations? That was a meditation I did recently. Wow. And are those all being guided by spirit connection? Yeah, it's spirit connection. And then I'm also not afraid to use my own intuition too. So sometimes, you know, it's the clear audience or the clear, what's the visual one for your visual? Voyant, yeah. Clairvoyant. And uh-huh. sometimes it's the knowing, but sometimes it's like, it's me. It's like, you know, through my lived experience and through all my lifetimes, I recognize this pattern. Yeah. Wow. And I'll share like, like, honey, I see you. And what this really comes down to really truly is self-worth. And I can show you how to switch it because it's something I've done in myself in nuanced ways. And I've worked with so many people in nuanced ways. Mm. Yeah. And then how do you pull nature in to all of the different elements? So for me, it's, I guess going back to something we talked about earlier, it's really about integrating it within me first. So for me, knowing the medicine of the oak tree first personally means that I have that medicine to bring into a session or an in-person retreat. Um, And I may not even need to put words to it, right? I have that medicine already, it's all within me. And it could also be something more deliberate like calling forth the medicine in a more ceremonial way, or it could be, especially for more um, in-person stuff or for 
Like I have an offering that we do three, three weeks in a row, two hours a week. And we also have a one-on-one -on -one component. And so for those, there is more of a nature ritual component. So working with plant material, like flower petals and leaves and, and doing rituals with the earth. Mm. Yeah. So magical. <laughs> Did that answer your question, Lauren? It did. It did. Well, because I know, and it's, again, it's one of these things in this soulpreneur space that I just find endlessly fascinating, how people work, how they craft their offerings, how they pull different modalities together. And I just think it's so expansive for people listening who are currently in in this field or who are you know taking courses or who, who are looking to figure out what they're going to do to just see examples of so many different ways that people mm -hmm. can put things together and even just some of the language that they use like a blueprint or reading auras or doing things like that and so I'm just curious how you came to this mix of this alchemy of, of magic? <laughs> That's such a good question. And I would say, honestly, how I came to it is just, I want to say just being myself one step at a time, you know, being like, I really want to learn how to backpack. Like it was just so within me. And I did it without any, any belief that I would ever be guiding a trip, you know, but just one thing at a time. And that's usually how it shows up for me. It's just my, my authentic passions and joys. And, and some of them I keep for myself and some of them end up in an offering. Just one thing at a time, one step at a time. Yeah. Right. Which again is hard for many of us because we want it all. We want to go from zero to a hundred offerings and, and try to be all the things for all the people and so I'm wondering if you feel like you have a niche or a specific client that you call in to work with. I don't, I don't call in like an ideal client or a specific client, but I can say that some of the patterns and the themes that I work with are um, trauma, mm. you know? That's probably from my lived experience that I attract people going through that experience. And I tend to work with people who are actually very intelligent and successful in some way in their life. And by that, I mean like they're, they're capable and they've proven they're capable in different environments, mm -hmm. you know? Another theme that I see in my practice a lot is um, helping people make sense of their own lives and patterns. So I talked earlier about my belief that we chose where we were born and that it matters, like that context matters. And so helping people sometimes take a bigger view of their life, of their, their interests and their authentic patterns and some of the difficult experiences and, and putting those pieces together to be like, yeah, you were born for this. You know, you were born for these experiences, not to pigeonhole someone or put them in a tiny box, but, you know, say like, you know, you were truly born for this kind of management 
right? Like look at every single thing that happened, all your interests, all the pain, all the places that you went, all the experiences you had. And now look how perfectly suited you are for this next step. Like you, you couldn't be more perfect for it and helping people see that in themselves because sometimes people take their interests and their skills and their experiences for granted. Right. And don't so many people just want to feel like they're okay or yeah. they're doing the, the next right thing because that layer of self-trust, of, of true faith and confidence that you are being held by source or the universe or whatever is is hard to continue to access at times yeah and I don't know if that sensation can be rushed yeah so sometimes in my practice I find myself like reflecting back to people like what is perfect about feeling like you're questioning, are you safe in the universe? Or, be, or feeling like you're questioning whether you're really talking to your guides and angels. Like what is the medicine of that experience and how is that perfect as well? Mm. And to extend that theme even further, like what is perfect about not being in a relationship for you right now? What is perfect about not having the income that you want right now? What is the medicine in your current life that it has to offer you that you can be so thankful for either now or maybe later on. So just really grounding in the gratitude of each given moment as the medicine that you, that you're receiving the medicine that you need in each given moment. Yeah. And I can give an example from my own life, but, and I think this is prevalent for a lot of people with finances. I read a statistic recently that two thirds of people live paycheck to paycheck. And I don't know where I read that or how true it is or where it came from, but it was on on a news site. And when I think about my time living paycheck to paycheck, it, for me, it gave me the experience of finding out what I'm truly made of, you know, in this moment of presence of like, like really having to think about like, can I afford to put gas in my car? You know, and I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate like, yeah, we've been there where you can't do the thing that other people are doing because you don't have the gas to get there and you need that gas to go to work, right? So being in, in the space like that, where every purchase is like conscientious, the medicine of that for me is finding out that number one, I don't need that much. Number two, it brought me so much into alignment because what I found is that every single thing that was for me, I received. Like sometimes I get people reaching out to me for pretty intense discounts to the extent of even asking for free sessions. And I think that the time that I spent living paycheck to paycheck where I received every bit of healing information I needed because it was inside of me and for the mentorship and the experiences that I needed, I was willing to pay out of pocket for it. Like I was willing to pay, even when I had just enough money in my checking account, I would pay full price for those experiences because they were for me. And just really rooting in that what is for me is for me and I'm gonna show up for it and I'm gonna do my part for it. And what isn't for me, I'm gonna let it go and not be so attached or desperate for it. Hmm. How did you get to 
that knowing while you were in the situation? Because I think for a lot of people, when they're able to do the work and they spend time and they can reflect and look back, they of course can see it more clearly, but I think to recognize that and trust that in the moment, what was happening before then that you were able to get to that point? Yeah, well, you know, even in the moment when I, I recognize it, right? And I still can have emotions about it. So it's, that's where I would say that my practice of emotional intelligence and not pushing my emotions down and letting them speak to me has been very helpful. And also I put a lot of effort into my discipline of my mind. You know, I put a lot of effort into really letting go of my triggers and getting into to look within. And it's definitely, definitely a practice. I feel like I want to say like I earned that equanimity, you know, through doing all the things that everyone knows. Whether yeah. it's well, it's work whatever. to do it and the work pays off. It does. It does. Yeah. And and no, and actually, I, I want to say, Lauren, it only pays off if you really go there. Mm -hmm. Because I have met people who've meditated for decades and they've run from their inner world because they use meditation as a way to be calm and controlled, right? Mm -hmm. And meditation isn't about controlling your experience. It's about handling your experience and meeting your experience with honesty. Right, just allowing it to be without judgment yeah oh yeah. that's so beautiful and and again another another lesson of this journey continues to unfold and there's always there's always another layer and a deeper place to go which isn't to say that the you know you just have to keep going and going and going and not recognize where you are but just that it's almost a gift if we can look at it that way that, oh, and now I see it differently. And now I see it differently. It's like, you just keep, keep, I don't know, looking at a thinner and thinner veil, if that's yeah. a way to describe it. Yeah, keeping present, you mm -hmm. know, that's a very used word, but I think your listeners will know what that means. Yeah. Being present and available to what's happening and available to yourself. I completely agree. And, and it's so funny the way this, this long and windy path is that it's something that I knew so instinctually and intuitively as a really young girl, knowing that my relationship with myself was the primary one and not, and also having that spoken about in my family with, with my dad um, who also passed away. So I'm, I'm sad that we have that in common and then, you know, living through life and college and, and New York and materialism and different communities and then coming to this place once again, where it is so much the foundation of who I am and the priority of my, of my world is that inner work and that self-reflection and, and unity within myself. 
it's just amazing that it i'm so grateful that it that it came back around <laughs> yeah and it's you know with all the change that i think we're in for in in the years to come just knowing that we are our own best resource and having right. full confidence in that and i would say too on the topic of materialism you know, it's, it's so important to be nourished materially in your physical environment. And also it's not a hundred percent the point of being here. It's both. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. Right. That not to take away from the value that those things provide. And again, everybody has a different call and at different points in their life, they're called to things differently. I mean, I certainly am being called towards nature in a way that I haven't since I was little. And so just following that and playing with that and what does that look like? And, and it is a little bit unnerving or dismantling to continue to see yourself differently than you have in the past and to come to meet yourself in a new place on your growth, on your soul's evolution and, and to not hold judgment for what you did previously, you know, to look at it and to see what you can take from it and how you can grow from it, but to not hold any judgment because you did the best you could with what you had. And now you're in a new place. So how will you choose to then move yourself forward? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and seeing the through lines in it all. Hmm. Like why, you know, why did you choose those experiences or, or if you feel like the experiences chose you, like why did this happen? You know, what is the through line between those places that are hard to forgive in yourself and your calling in this life? Because there's something there. Right. And we all, you know, every single person I think has those moments where you're like, that was a very cringy thing I did, or, oh my gosh, that was embarrassing for me, right? I think everyone has those, those moments. So do you think that your mess is your message or what you've overcome is what you're here to help other people deal with? Do you, do you believe that? Even that feels prescriptive mm. to me personally, because mm -hmm. it could also be, you know, that that person who just like loves the simple things in their life. Like they love their teacup and they love feeling the sun on their face. Like that is enough, you know, <laughs> being the embodiment of enjoyment is enough. It's a perfect, a perfect way to be in the world. And I don't know that that person needed to have the experience of not being appreciative of those things in their life in order to let all of us have that medicine that she's holding that, that frequency for us. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? It so does make sense. Yeah. That not terms. everything has to be, not everything has to be something. <laughs> it, can be something. it can just, you know, your authenticity and your light can just be what it is. Right. And it doesn't right. need to be a message that's louder than just your aura. Mm. 
tell, can we talk about the auras just for a second? Cause I feel uh-huh. that that is like a very popular thing. And I <laughs> certainly have been, um, have been hooked into that too, from time to time when I, you know, see different posts or hear different things. So do you see auras in colors? Do you feel them in energetic vibrations? How do auras come for you? And I'm asking that because I used to think that you could only see auras and now I know differently. So, (laughs) yeah. So for me, I really try to mind my own business unless someone has really asked it of me. And I also want to say too, this is something I've learned recently, but somebody can ask me to read their energy field just by being a little bit like trying to be in my life consistently. So like if someone like wants wants to be really close to me in some way it's almost like permission given for me to tune in and be like what is going on there you know and do I really want to say yes Mm. to this so that's just a new thing that I'm playing with and experimenting with but the way it shows up for me is color images uh, images of animals or guides or places where it's the aura isn't so strong or complete Mm. size and also feeling right texture Mm -hmm. so um, I would say emotion is the loudest communicator for me above all the other ones and so the feeling even if it's hard to to name is my strongest indicator above like color or visual That's so cool. I love how everybody's gifts just come in in different ways. And it's just so, it's just so fun and expansive to learn from other people and, and know that there is obviously no one right way to do anything. And we all just need to focus on what what works for us and what feels good to us from our intuitive abilities. So thank you for sharing all those cool ways. (laughs) And I, you know, I had a client actually yesterday who was just saying like, I don't hear Charlie. Like some people hear their guide, Charlie, and they see it. It was so funny. And I was laughing and I said, yeah, you know, sometimes your guides can come through just, just as like what your, what your attention is drawn to, like an animal or, um, a tree. I guess I tend to attract people who are nature people. Mm-hmm. Not that everyone needs to meet needs to be that or better or it's better than anything else, but um, yeah, just having your eyes drawn to a particular place can be a way that spirit communicates. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree, and that's definitely part of my mission is to continue to make all of the spiritual world just more accessible and more everyday in the sense that we don't have to even be meditating, like you're saying, or having these like magical, overwhelming, mystical experiences that spirit does work through everybody. It does come in in a million different ways and really changing the face of what that looks like so that people are open to it and don't feel that it's such a separate thing for them or it's something that they could never access because 
I'm over that too. That's like old. That's like, (laughs) you know, the whole guru, you know, only certain people have these gifts. Like, no, everybody has them. It does of course take work like any other muscle to exercise them, to, to really tune into them and be able to use them in certain ways. But I completely feel like all things are available to all people. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is available to all people, but it's also a gift to not feel like you have conscious access to it all the time. Like that's someone's experience. There's something right about that too. Mm. Yeah. And I'm also concerned sometimes about maybe some readers and, and healers who see it as a profit thing and not something like that they've been called to their whole lives, you know? Yeah. Say more about that. Yeah, because there are people that glamorize, you know, spirituality. Like it could have been the case that people glamorized models years ago or actresses or whatever. And so there can be a, a, a false glamour about it. And so for some people who, who don't really have the gifts honed in, who don't really know themselves deeply and they think that it's just a glamorous lifestyle and they just want to make money selling crystals or or doing readings or something like that, then it is something to have your eyes open to. Yeah. It is not, <laughs> it is not what you think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a commitment. It's a lifestyle. It's like a 24-7, 365 vow. Right. And And it's amazing and magical and wonderful. And it's also challenging and overwhelming. And sometimes you're like, what is happening to me? And why is this happening? And who called you in? And (laughs) yeah, all the things, all the, all the things. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing yourself and your beautiful healing energy and light with all of us. Tell everyone where they can find you and how they can get to work with you. Well, beautiful. Um, If anyone's interested, they can find me at jessicabriggs.me and Briggs has a B as in balloon. And all my offerings are there. So we have online group offerings that I'm really, really excited about and one-on-one offerings and then in-person stuff. If somebody happens to be here, you'll find that on my website. And then for a while now, I've been doing lives every Tuesday on Instagram. It'll either be like a, a guided meditation or a chat with somebody or, or just a little message amazing the in-person retreat thing is screaming in my head so I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely feeling ready for that so um i hope to be making that happen very soon but yeah thank you again so much for being with us thank you lauren thank you listeners thank you all so much for listening to the open to alchemy podcast you can find more about me on all the social places instagram facebook clubhouse at open.to.alchemy, that's open, the word T-O, alchemy, or at my website, opentoalchemy.com. See you next time.